Good morning, church. We are, uh, I'm, I'm especially glad to be here this morning on this week leading up to Thanksgiving, where we have so much to be grateful for, don't we? And yet I know that there are many uh, this, this week that are, that are facing challenging weeks ahead because they know that there are, there are chairs that are not filled this Thanksgiving like they were last year. But whether that's relational strain or that's been a loss in the family, uh, this, these can be difficult times as well. So I want us to begin this morning as we think about gratitude with a prayer also uh, for the griefs that we've experienced this past year. Let's go in prayer to God. Oh God, you, uh, you do give so much. And yet in this past year, many of us uh, have had things taken from us as well. And the struggle in the life of faith is to uh, give our praise to you in the midst of both of those situations. God, my prayer this morning is for those who are brokenhearted this morning. I pray they would sense your presence. And in the midst of their lingering uh, grief, in the midst of their doubt, I pray they would sense uh, a stirring of your presence that would bring comfort beyond uh, words they can express. And peace to, to ease, God, the sleepless nights they felt these past year, even these past days. God, I'm grateful that we get to be a part of a community that also celebrates together because there are great things that are worthy of celebration, God, in our lives. Uh, And sometimes those are the hard things that cause us to grow, and other times they're just great joys that we get to experience. God, for for lives that have been uh, birthed this week in our church family, we give thanks. And this morning, I pray you would pour through me the gift of preaching. So that Christ would be formed in our hearts and we might give thanks for all that you do in the days ahead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the practices that has been a great blessing to me this past year started a little over a year ago, and I told you about it, I think, last year about this time. I started a gratitude journal. And it was just something for me that every single day I I wrote over this past year, something I was grateful for. Some of those things were small things. Some of those things were really big things. And uh, I've finished up that journal. I'm on to journal two that I'm going to start this next year because I don't want to stop this practice of giving thanks to God, of noticing these things. It's changed my heart. It's changed my focus as I've put down things that I'm grateful for because it turns my attention to the blessings in the midst of the challenges in my life. If, if this is not something you've done before, I'm not a great journaler, but it's been just real simple for me to write a phrase or a, a, sometimes a, a couple sentences, sometimes a paragraph or a page, thanking God for the things he's doing uh, in our, our lives, specifically in my life and the life of my family. I'm also grateful, though, and some of the things that have shown up this past year have been things that have happened in your lives. Because one of the great joys in my life is getting to minister in this church family. I love this church. And I'm glad to be here. Last week I wasn't here. This week I get to be here. I miss you all when I'm away from this place. And I'm grateful for almost what's been five years of ministry with you. Uh, It's been the greatest place that I've gotten to do ministry yet. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you. And one of the things that I want to do more of, and one of the things we said at the beginning of this year is we want to do a better job of celebrating the great things that God does in our presence. Um, we don't do that often. We don't take time to stop. We're, we're grateful for what he does, but we tend to move on to the next thing and 
set the next goal and plan the next event and uh, try to get you into the next group. All these things are future-oriented, but sometimes we fail to, to thank God for what he has done in our lives. And over this last stretch, over the last 10 weeks, there's something that we get to celebrate today. Uh, you saw it earlier at the end of the summer with some stickers out on the, uh, the sidewalk that said, it's coming September 9th. And we talked a lot about it. Rooted is the name of this 10-week discipleship experience that we wanted to call you on. We said, we've said as a church over the last couple of years that we spent a lot of time focused on how to do church, but that's not near as important as what it means to do life in the kingdom of God together. And that's what we want to focus on as a church is, yeah, it's important how we gather and how we structure this time. And, and God, I think, really looks down on us with joy when we gather in these special moments. But our growth happens in, in circles. We've said in this church that circles are better than rows. And that's nothing against the time that we spend here on Sunday mornings together. But there's something special that happens in a group of people that are committed to sharing their lives together, sharing their joys and their struggles, uh, showing gratitude for the things God has done, and, and, and also praying for one another and the challenges that come up and sharing casseroles with those that need it in those seasons. And I'm grateful for the ways that happens in so many different, one of our groups, so many of you are committed. And if you're not, that's one of the joys I would challenge you to think about in this next year is being a part of one of our community groups, our connect groups. There's all kinds of groups that you can be involved with. But on Friday night, we got to celebrate 10 weeks in Rooted. And uh, there were uh, several groups. In fact, there were about 75 in all that participated in Rooted over the last 10 weeks. In fact, if you were a part of a Rooted group over these last 10 weeks, I want to ask you where you are. If you'd be willing to stand right now. Uh, just to show uh, what God's done, the number of people, there are people in both services that got to be a part of this. I want to thank y'all for being a part of this. And if maybe you're wondering what this is about, feel free to talk to them after service. They'd love to fill you in more. Thanks for, for standing. Y'all can be seated. Again, we had about 75 that participated. In, and on Friday night, we got together to celebrate what God did over these past 10 weeks. And there were stories that were told, there were testimonies that were given. In fact, this morning, I wanted to uh, give you a chance to hear a couple of those testimonies. So right now I'm going to ask Charlie Bird if he would come to the stage. Charlie and Melissa are, are members of this church and their family. And uh, Charlie's going to share a little bit about what God's done in his life in these past 10 weeks in Rudy. Good morning. Thank you, Colin. I'm going to have to put on my glasses here. I don't normally wear glasses, but years ago as a as a young father and husband, I really wanted to lay the foundation, you know, for my future, my family's future. And so I, I asked the Lord, I, I should have chosen my words more carefully because I said, Lord, please give me the gift of farsightedness. So, uh, <laughs> so rooted was this Incredible experience. I, I can't call it a class. It's not a workshop. It's not training for anything. It's, it's an experience. Uh, it's a multifaceted look at how we can connect with God and his people uh, through service, through prayer, uh, and just grow, uh, you know, in, in, to fulfill that what he, which he wants us to be. And in the midst of this experience, right in the middle of it, our son was in a, a really bad car crash. We got the proverbial call in the middle of the night, the dreaded call, 
Fortunately, it was his voice on the other end talking to my wife. But he had had an accident under Plano Parkway on 75 at about 1130 at night. He and a friend were driving back from a get-together, and they hit a, a puddle of standing water. The rest of the roadway was dry, but there was this puddle of standing water where they had been doing construction. And he said, I'm all right. So we were, we were thankful for that, but we still drove it to the accident scene, Melissa and I. And through the disorienting glare of the emergency vehicle's lights, we saw our son standing by this wrecked car. The car was totaled, but he and his friend were standing there through God's grace. He had tears streaming down his face, and I knew that he had been through something horrific, but I was grateful at the same time that he was able to stand there and tell us how horrific it had been. And I I overheard one of the firemen say to him, he didn't know I was listening, but he was talking to James and his friend, and he said, one of you should be dead. And after the, the, the dust settled and the emergency vehicles left, we prayed with James. And we prayed a prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude to God because we knew it had been him who saved our son's life. And because we were in the midst of rooted, we, were, we had become more mindful of Christ and of God's presence in our lives and how he works. And that prayer was the first thing we did with James. It wasn't an afterthought before we went to the ER, before we took care of the car or anything. We prayed to God and we gave him thanks. And that's the wonderful thing about Rooted is coming together and learning these things and coming to reappreciate them. uh, If you, if you know, your heart is going cold to them and Rooted is such a great term for this program because a tree is such a wonderful metaphor for the, for life, more specifically for the life that God wants us to lead. Because like a tree that puts down its first root, we put down that root of belief in God, that first root into his spiritual soil. And through study and prayer and worship, those roots grow deeper. And it begins to manifest above ground in in our lives. And it leads us to an understanding of God's purpose for us to bear fruit. And so we grow And we branch out through ministry and service and ultimately discipleship. And then we go to discover that there's other trees around and that we we together form a grove and then a forest of protection and, and refuge for God's creatures. And what another thing that I came to appreciate is that rooted is relevant and valuable experience wherever you are on your Christian journey. Uh, Maybe you're starting out and and those exciting first steps with with Christ. Or maybe you want to shake loose the bonds of complacency or self-doubt that are keeping you from reaching your full, full potential. I encourage you to make the commitment when it comes around to going through the rooted experience 
because it provides you with a framework for growth and renewal so that you may ultimately bear the fruit of God's purpose for you. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Charlie. Grateful to get to walk that journey with the birds and and grateful that James was safe that night. I want to ask also for Angie Storr to come to the stage and share with us uh, her testimony from the last 10 weeks. Hi, I'm Angie. Um, I also finished Rooted this last week. Um, Since I don't actually know most of you, there's a couple of things that you need to know about me in order to really understand this. Uh, The first thing is that I am a social introvert. I'm sure there's probably some of you out here who understand that, but I crave social interaction, but I am drawing my energy actually from being alone. And due to that personality, a lot of times people don't really understand me. Um, And my husband is terribly shy, which makes it a little difficult for the two of us to actually make friends. Um, So we moved here from Iowa about a year and a half ago and immediately joined a connect group in an attempt to, to create some amount of friends. And oddly enough, we actually made friends fairly quickly. But the people in that group were all the same age as us and all had kids in the same age and pretty much the same life stage. So we were looking for just a little bit more. Going back to Iowa, the church that we were practicing in there was really good worship and a really good preacher, but we had no friends. And it had been really damaging to our spiritual lives. It was, we were hurting pretty bad spiritually. And so when Rooted came up, we thought, well, maybe this is a way to connect to people that are outside of our stage of life that we can maybe develop better relationships in a smaller environment. So we went ahead and joined Rooted and made some friends fairly quickly. Um, That group of people was definitely God-ordained. We had a couple in that group that we were able to get to be friends with and actually grow very close to who we can use as mentors. They're ahead of us in stage of life. There was one woman in that group that made me feel very safe, and I was able to open up a lot more than I normally would. I'm not typically an emotional person, but I think I've cried more in the last 10 weeks than I have in the last 10 years. So be prepared for that if you join Rooted. (laughs) Um, And there was also one woman in that group that I probably needed more than the rest of them. She and I... She really understood me, I guess is the best way to put it. She could read me like a book. And at exactly the right time I needed it, she made me feel incredibly vulnerable because she looked inside me and was able to pinpoint where the devil had been manipulating me. And I don't think anybody else would have been able to do that with such grace. The second thing that you need to know about me is that I'm a doctor. And in the medical world, we don't change practice without really, really good proof scientific literature article-based proof. We just don't change practice, and that kind of bleeds into all areas of my life. And so changing spiritual practice becomes very difficult for me. Um, And in Rooted, it started opening my eyes, and my husband's eyes, actually, to a lot of the things that have happened in the last few years that have been the Holy Spirit working us. Most of you don't know this. I don't think Colin even knows this, but I nearly died a little over two years ago. Um, In fact, I should have died. I had a huge blood clot in my lungs that nearly stopped my heart. And from that time forward, looking at things that didn't make sense, decisions that my husband and I made that were completely unusual for us, it was easy to go back and look now and see, oh, that was the spirit doing that. 
that's why we moved here. That's why we did certain things. That's why I took the job that I took, which made no sense at the time. So after being able to like see very clear proof of how the spirit had been working and was working immediately, it started to change the way my husband and I practice our faith, which is, again, I said, pretty hard for me to do. And honestly, the spiritual practice that we have now is so much more real and so much more relevant than it has ever been in my life. And I'm really thankful for that. Thank you, Angie. like to ask for Greg Kaufman and James Brown to come on stage. James and, uh, and Greg have participated in Rooted prior to uh, this 10-week uh, period, and they were facilitators in our sessions this time. Uh, we don't really have leaders or teachers in Rooted. We allow the Spirit to be at work, and kind of it's the job of the facilitator just to uh, create space for the Holy Spirit to do uh, what only the Spirit can do. And so it's a pretty neat place. I was a facilitator as well to be able to watch what happens and to allow the group uh, to get to know one another. Just what's been shared this morning is uh, they're just common stories when it comes to discipleship. And we said we want to do this as a church, but individually, I'm curious with, with you. I guess I'll, I'll start with you, James. What is it that made you uh, first decide to get involved with Rooted? Uh, and, and how did that decision come to be for you and, and Ramona? Well, probably know a guy named Keith Maloney. I've heard of him, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a big spender, by the way, just so you know. He invited my wife and I out for, I think it was lunch, coffee, or something, I can remember, to McDonald's. Uh, and after talking with Keith, it was evident that this would be a really good opportunity for us. We didn't come in thinking we were going to be uh, facilitators. In fact, it was the furthest thing from my mind. It wasn't until about week eight or nine I figured it out. He's probably grooming me for something. But uh, we initially joined just like everyone else uh, into a small group, and Keith was the leader of that group. did a fantastic job. So, yeah, it was his big spending and... <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's was what it was, is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Greg, I'm curious from you, what, uh, what makes this experience different than other groups you've been a part of uh, in, in the past? I've not ever been a part of anything that, may, that helped us be as good partners with God and the Holy Spirit in seeing people grow in sharing uh it's the the closeness developed immediately we had tears in our group the first meeting this time i i've never been a part of anything that did that and the folks um you could see god working in everyone every week collectively and what was happening in them individually and in their understanding of God. And it just happens faster and deeper than anything I've been a part of. God's doing it. This, this is something, though, that you can see God doing, it, mm. and it's wonderful. 
you know, I, I, tears have been brought up now twice, right? And I know part of us is thinking, I don't want to be a part of anything like that. But I'm, I'm convinced that vulnerability and the safety of a space to do that is one of the most important things for our growth. And that's what creates that possibility is the safety of these groups, um, the closeness that happens. And when one person goes forward and is able to share honestly, that's what we crave, right? We all crave to be known and, and to be loved. One without the other is not enough. And I think we've, we've experienced that. I, I have in these groups. I, yeah, James, do you have something on that? The, the vulnerability, that's important. That's one of the first things that you, you actually sign off on as you join Rooted is this is a confidential time. This is uh, an opportunity to share with others who you are and for them to share who they are with you in a safe environment knowing it's not leaving this room. Mm. The only other place it's going is to God's ears. And so that is extremely important when it comes to rooted. And, and uh, so if you are not a safe-feeling person, trust me, this is a safe place. Mm. I'm curious about, as you think about lead, as leaders of this church, right? Both of you all are, are elders. You, you kind of were dreaming about the future and what God's going to do to help us, like I talked about earlier, not just learn how to do church, but do life in the kingdom together. How do you see this helping us as a church grow spiritually and even numerically as well as we look into the future? I'll speak of the the spiritual part. There's growth that can happen as uh, Rose talked about just now, Charlie talked about. There's growth that can happen within ourselves but when you understand my growth is there to bless someone else, it makes you really want to reach out beyond who you are. It, ma- it makes you want to drop that fruit that you've been holding on to for so long. So a bird, someone else can pick it up. It makes you want to give as uh, I believe scripture says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We are going to receive. We're going to be blessed because God loves us. But the wonderful thing is we get an opportunity to bless others and see them grow as well. God is always with us and he always works with us, but we don't always get a chance to see it. Um, This is a time when people are dealing with and sharing uh, what life has been like and what life can be like. We're not talking about how to do church. We're talking about how to do life better. Um, The numerical point, uh, it was made earlier, Charlie made it, is as we touch people outside of Christ, we can bring them into this just like someone who's been in the church forever. And it it can work to those mixed experiences all at the same time. And that's a wonderful thing. So it's a it's a way, it's a pathway to bring people and get them started on development just real fast. So one more question I have for you. Um, we want to maintain the confidentiality we talked about. So if you can do this within that standard, what, describe a powerful experience that you had as part of facilitating uh, a rooted group this time. Uh, the last meeting, 
we started with everyone telling each other what they had seen of them in Develop and Rooted. And the, the practice of going around the room and blessing each other with what we've seen God doing, uh, that's a powerful experience. And it, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. Along those lines, there are a lot of experiences in Ruth, and we could be up here all day long talking about it, but if you can imagine and, and picture what Samson might have felt like, remember, Scripture says the Spirit came upon him, right? There is something mysterious that happens when you choose to be a fervent prayer a person who prays fervently it's as if it's not you speaking anymore this is truly God speaking through you and to the point that Greg was making we have an experience where we pray for and over one another. And I'm telling you, it's not me when I'm praying. It is beyond me. Just like it is not Samson who was doing what Samson was doing. It was beyond him. It was God. So I'm grateful for shepherds that are not just involved on a high level, but are committed to walking in close ways with the sheep of this church. So thank you all so much for what you've done and for sharing today. Would you all give them a hand for, for, for sharing this morning? If you're interested in being involved in one of these rooted groups, there's another one that will begin this next year as you've got your uh, initiatives and thoughts and dreams about 2019. I hope spiritual growth is a part of that plan, whatever it looks like. And you may have ways that you've already chosen to engage in that this next year, but if you aren't sure what that looks like, if you're wondering what your next step may be into relationship with God or with others in this church, or finding out what your purpose is, finding out what your story is to share with others, let me encourage you, January 20th is when our next Rooted session will begin. It'll be 10 weeks, just like this time. would love for many of you to choose to be a part of that. Uh, so discuss that with, uh, with God, with one another, and, uh, and, and, and show up. We'll, we'll, there'll be more to come about that. Well, as a parent, I am learning that parenting uh, three children is a difficult task. And it only gets more difficult as they grow. Some of you are nodding, going, yeah, just wait, Colin, right? Yours are still young. Ours are four, seven, and nine, and they are very different, each one of them. And that means that the parenting that goes into each one of our kids is very different. Our, Maddox is our oldest. He's nine years old now in third grade, and he's the quintessential first child. Uh, he's a rule follower. He wants to do what's right. Holly and I are both firstborn, so we connect in a natural way because we were uh, similar kids ourselves. We understand what it's like to have the mantle of responsibility of leading the other siblings. And so we thought we had parenting down with that first kid. And some of you know what I'm talking about, but the second kid came along and it was more of a challenge. Addison, Addison's a helper. Addison is sensitive, not just to her own pain, but also the pain of others around her. We can already see maybe some direction she'll go in her life with the gifts God has given to her. And it was clear 
with number two, that parenting the second child was going to look different than parenting the first. And then came our third child, our last child, it seems, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is full of life. She's an extrovert. I thought I was an extrovert. Well, she's another level of extrovert. She doesn't need near as much sleep as her siblings. That was clear from the early days, and it still continues to be true today. And parenting her is another journey altogether. And here's what we're learning through all of this, that we cannot parent each of our kids in the same way. That the gifts that we want to see drawn out of each of them would be smashed down with some if we parented Brooklyn like we have parented Maddox. And we're growing to see that in so many more ways. You know, humans, if you think about it, we're a diverse species, aren't we? I mean, we, if you were to start a sentence with all humans, it would be hard to finish that sentence in a way that's correct. You could say that all humans have a heart that beats. That's true for all of us that are living. All humans bleed the same color of blood. That's, that's true as well. All humans need water and food to survive. There are a few statements you can finish all humans with, and be truthful about, but that's not true about so many different things. Think about it, right? Three kids is enough to see that difference. But imagine being God with billions of, of kids, all created in his image, but working that out in so many different ways, different personalities, uh, different genders, different language spoken across the world, different temperaments, different uh, family backgrounds, different sports teams that they follow and support, different politics that they support. I mean, so many different diverse children. And yet in all our diversity, God has a similar desire for each and every one of his kids. And that is that we would, we would come into closer relationship with God, the Father, and that we would grow to look more like his son, Jesus, firstborn son. When our kids were born, we decided that we would assign each one a Bible verse, which is one of the best decisions we've made as parents. We wanted to download that onto their hearts. We wanted them to memorize that verse, and we didn't know what God would do with it, but we're excited to see how God will bless those prayers we've been praying over them. And our, our second child, Addison, is, uh, has a verse that I, actually was the one I wanted to share with you today as we think about growth and, and the season ahead for all of us. This is Second Peter 3. Verse 28 is the one that we gave to her. I want to start, though, and back up to verse 20, or I'm sorry, verse 18. Well, back up to verse 17, actually, uh, to see what Peter says there. Peter says, Therefore, dear friends, since you've been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall away from your secure position. So Peter's written this entire book, this entire letter, right? And he ends this book with two verses, and he says, therefore, and anytime the therefore is there, you ask what the therefore is there for, right? He set this whole book up, and this is the final word that he's giving. Therefore, because of all that I've said, be on your guard. Don't be carried away or, or fall from your secure position. And so if we're listening closely to Peter, we want to know, okay, how do we do that? How can we stand secure? How do we not fall? What does it look like? Do we how do we protect ourselves? Do we build walls high around us to make sure that we're secure? How do we, how do we live this life? And, and Peter goes on to tell how to do that in verse 18. It's been grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. This is the verse we gave to our daughter. Her middle name is 
grace. And so, of course, we poured over Scripture looking for words that we pray over her. And I, I've been praying this verse over you all as well. We don't want to be a people who get roots that are put down to use Charlie's image, have those things fall away or torn away. Jesus tells a parable about different kinds of soil and the seeds that are planted. But notice in verse 18, it doesn't say that the way to not fall, the way to be secure is not to be afraid of the things around us. It's not to be defensive in any way. It's actually an offensive move that we're to engage in. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To grow in knowledge, to understand greater who God is. We're going to engage in just a few weeks in a a series of the Gospel of Luke so that we can do just that, to grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we're also to grow in the grace of Jesus Christ as well. In the spiritual life, I, I want to tell you, there is no neutral position. We're either growing closer to God or we're falling away and growing less in connection with God. There's no plateau that I've seen in my life. It's one way or the other. And so growth is a must for those of us who don't want to fall away. And churches, we do that. We call people to grow. We want people to grow in their knowledge and in the grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And and here's, here's my... My assessment, as I look back over my life, I've seen churches that have basically seen spiritual growth in a process as an assembly line approach. That if you just put a baby and you bring them into this church, then we'll start them out on the front of this line and we'll, we'll pour knowledge into them and love into them in our nursery and we'll, we'll pass them off to children's ministry and then they'll have youth group experiences. And at the end of those years, a disciple should be there on the other side. And As I think about my own kids, as I think about the differences that are there, the different parenting things we have to bring to them to draw out the best of each one, it doesn't work like an assembly line. We have to take care with each one for the personality and the story they have and the giftedness they have. We have to draw out and and learn to love them in unique ways. And that's why I love Rooted so much. Because that's what it allows each one to do is we sit in a group with one another and we read the scriptures, we grow in our knowledge of Jesus and who God is. And we do that in the midst of a community that's helping to see us. And that's really hard in a room this large to be seen in the same way. To hear your unique, that's an assembly line, right? And and after after looking at people over the years, I've seen people who've been in church for 50 plus years who are some of the angriest people that I've ever seen because the assembly line didn't work. And I've seen people along the way after 50 plus years of attending church who, who don't actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ after all this time. But I've also known people who've been in church for 50 plus years that are some of the most joy-filled people I've ever seen, filled with gratitude and encouragement for others. I've seen the same thing about people who, it's not just a relationship of checking a box, they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no question that some people hop on the assembly line we built and they end up disciples of Jesus. But a broken clock also reads correctly twice a day. And just because we built this assembly line and think on the other side is going to pop out a disciple, that's not how it works. 
It means we've got to know who Jesus is. And it means we've got to walk with others that are intent on the same life. We've got to be vulnerable and honest and courageous about our lives and ask the Spirit to continue to transform us. A, a basketball team doesn't need five guards or five centers. It needs a diverse array of people that are each growing in their own way. I want to do this better as a church leader in the years to come. Not just to plan sermons that should hit all of us and hopefully pop out disciples. I, I want to develop leaders, mentors, coaches, leaders around who are able to walk in specific ways with people in our church, but more so in the days to come outside of our church. So that people can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and grow up to look more like Jesus. Isn't that what we want? I think we all want to be seen in that way, to be known, to be loved in those ways. And rooted is one of the ways that happens. There are many other ways that happens in our church. But right now, you feel like I'm on an assembly line. And I'm not sure this is doing anything to me. I want to challenge you to take whatever that next step is. To get in front of somebody who sees you, who hears you. Maybe it's for you to step into leadership. Maybe it's time that you've gotten things poured in for so many years. It's time for you to take that next step. Whether that's rooted, or that's celebrate recovery, or that's hope class, or that's Bible study on Fridays it meets here or other times, where that's a small group, it's time to lead. I want to challenge each of you. I want to encourage each of you. I want to encourage, I want to pour courage into you that you'll take that step, whatever it is, into looking across the table from people, seeing them in the eye, and drawing out the love of God within them as God's also doing the same for us. Take that step, whatever it is. It can change your marriage. It can change your family. It can change your life. It can change your eternity. And it's what we want to see as the people of God. Amen. Let's pray as we close this morning. God, we thank you so much for the stories that have been told today, God. Stories of transformation because you're not done working in this world. And I thank you for the ways that you've used churches throughout the generations. The ways you've used people throughout the generations. Your story and your gospel. This deposit of faith. You have changed so many of our lives. God, we want more of that so that we can go and share that story with others so they can be changed as well. So we pray all this uh, this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen.